On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Leafs with a three-on-one going the other way. In on goal. Pass in front. Scores! Blackwell on a three-on-one. And the Maple Leafs are up two to nothing. Buds and Bolts. are after a Maple Leaf win go up two to one Woo. on the Tampa Bay Lightning we got buds and bolts game three our pal Dr. Vicky Forster is on the show here today I'm gonna emphasize it like I do every time we only get so many peoples with so many people with that prefix on here when there is a doctor in the house we will mention it how are you doing tonight I am feeling pretty good. I am very grateful I haven't had to come on here and put on a brave face because the Leafs won. <laughs> yes. These Emphatically. are. And I, I was actually getting worried, you know, the way that third period was going, and we'll get into the whole thing, but that I was like, okay, am I going to have to send out the message? It's like, okay, what do you want to do if there's overtime? How many overtimes? Are, do we still want to do this if it's like, and I know my it's answer. Rangers, game one, yeah. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, luckily, we did not get that far. Uh, the Leafs w- end up winning it 5-2 to two, uh, with some shenaniganery in terms of the empty netters there late. Uh, we can talk a bunch of stuff here, um, but you know where we like to start. So uh, what are you sipping on tonight? So I am having, uh, so it's from one of my favorite Toronto breweries. I've probably mentioned them before. They're called People's Pint, uh, and they are a really cool brewery uh, based they're pretty much downtown. They're slightly sort of north and slightly sort of west, but pretty much downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is called Mango Fet, and it is a New England IPA with lactose. And I assume assume it's Star Wars themed, like the Mango Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, And they they have it at this time of year. And I I know they like Star Wars. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, so I assume it's something to do with that. Um, It's a really good beer. It's delicious. Really, really good. I have not seen one minute of one Star Wars movie. Like just have not, you know, <laughs> nothing. You're very unusual, but so I've seen them all, and uh, I'm a Star Trek person. Not a Star Wars I am. T- person, okay. Is, What's your Star okay. Trek series? Uh, sorry, Leaf oh, fans, God, you're going to hold on a second I, here. I'm so I'm going to be so unpopular. It's Deep Space Nine. Really? Okay. I love Deep. Okay, so you got to understand here. So I grew up probably uh, we're probably roughly the same age, right? But I never grew up with the original Star Trek. No. So I've never I've seen the original Star Trek because my parents watched it all the time, but I never really grew up as that was my Star Trek. Right. My Star Trek was Next Generation. Yes. And then for some reason, I've seen Voyager, but it never 
got me as much as Deep Space Nine because I feel like Deep Space Nine, there were such complicated storylines that mm-hmm. wove throughout seasons. Right. And the character acting was ridiculous. Like, I think it's it's the best of any, you know, Garak and Cisco and things like that. Um, and, and I loved that sort of really deep kind of storytelling that went through seasons. Whereas Next Gen and Voyager, I think, were more like, this is a random episode just about strictly episodic god yeah. knows what yeah well i mean there was some of it but yeah it wasn't as much so yeah deep space nine was my was my favorite track i was uh as as you said i think we're both the same age but i was a big uh as a kid into the next generation um that was the <laughs> yeah, one that yeah. i loved the most and then i don't know i did give deep space nine a bit of a, a try but it I never hooked me and i just started moving into other things i guess but yeah um and still to this day like on if if there's a random episode on TV as I'm flipping around at like 4:30 in the afternoon or whatever I'm like yeah I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to I'll still check that out I'm nowhere near as into it as I was obviously but yeah I was a TNG guy so uh but yeah never into the Star Wars thing um all right well we should talk hockey first I got a beer here too sure, this is yeah. from uh this is from the 762 Brewing Company which is uh located perhaps not coincidentally at the corner of highway seven and highway 62 in Madoc, Ontario. Uh, this is called the Madoc dark and I've had this before on the show, but, uh, there was still one sitting in my fridge. I had a bit of a craving for it. They call it a cross between a red and a Porter. And if I'm being honest with you, when I try it, I don't get a lot of the Porter. Like, I am not sure why they're calling it that it, it does have more of a red kind of flavor, uh, or that profile to it. Uh, I still very much enjoy it, but I, I'm not really understanding wh- how what they're driving at there with the the cross with the porter thing. But uh, it is it is dark when you pour it, so maybe that's all it took to to for them to file it as a porter. So that's what I'll be running with here today. Um, it, it was a great game in terms of entertainment, in terms of stress level. Uh, just before you know, there's a couple places we can dive into more specifically. But just what did you think of the game in general? Yeah, I mean, obviously the first pair is amazing. Um, I, I really so I watched the first game, and you kind of watch that game, and then wake up the next day, and you're like, "Was that real? Right? Like, did they do that?" And then the second game happens, and it's sort of a predictable response from Tampa, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, fine." You yep. kind of put it. And so I think really this is the 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 game where you're like, "Right, I have no idea what's going to happen. Right? Here. Like, how are they going to come out? Which one of those two stories so, was real?" <laughs> Right, exactly. And they come out and they do that in the first period and then you get the predictable, you know, attempted Tampa comeback. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I thought I thought they yeah, great performance overall. Um, some really good things, some not so good things. Jack Campbell is definitely fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was a He looks all right, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he looks he looks great. Um obviously the first line's doing great, but I think um you know, trying to think back to what's happened in the the previous couple of years where they went back went out in the first round, you're like looking for support from the third and the fourth line, and you see them tonight. I mean, they were great. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I really enjoyed the game. I thought, you know, the, the Leafs are definitely hustling. I think I think I, I'm really noticing players on the third and the fourth lines doing amazing stuff. You know, you expect Mitch Marner to play amazingly on the penalty kill. He does. He's in form. Matthews is in form. They're both playing like you know they could, which is, you know, the first tick box that needs to happen for anyone to have any hope. Yes. Um, and then you've got these like third and fourth line guys or wherever Keith decides to put them, but you know who I mean. Uh, sure. Um it, it, playing amazingly, and I think that is a very positive sign. One of the things that I took notice of, and you know, we we saw all year 
a ton of line shuffling, right? Like we saw for the first half of the year, almost exclusively comp with Ingval and Mikheyev. And that was a great shutdown line. They could take defensive zone faceoffs. You were comfortable. Often as not, they would get it up and out, transport it to the other end, cause a faceoff and go off for somebody else. And mm-hmm. he sort of got away from that a little bit. He was trying other things. He was trying Nylander down there and, and moving Mikheyev up with Tavares. And I liked that too. But we saw a little bit of everything tonight in the sense that while Engvall started on the fourth line with Blackwell and Spezza, um, mainly I think for his size, right, to, to mm-hmm. give a little counter push for those guys against the Tampa fourth yeah. line. But when they had the lead late, he went back to putting Engvall with uh, or back with Camp and Mikheyev. And you sort of saw the, the method to the madness that we'd been seeing all season with all these different combinations he knows that one works, right? He can he can do other mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. He can take a look. He can try and make the lineup a little deeper when you're starting off a game on the road. But when you come back and you're trying to defend a lead late, he knows he's got that in his back pocket. He can go back to it. Uh, you can throw Kerfoot back up with Matthews and Marner because he clearly doesn't trust Bunting quite as much um, defensively. No. And so he goes down to the fourth line. It's just nice that you've actually taken the time because I think one of the things people got so frustrated with Babcock about over the years was he was so rigid, right? He would not change. And, no. and so Keith this year experimented with a bunch of things. He's now got it in his Rolodex. I like this one in that situation. I don't like this one in this situation. And we saw it yeah. tonight, how to roll this out to co- to guide a game home. Yeah. And I, I think it, that's a, it's, it's a really good idea, but also what he's doing is seeing who's playing well on any given night. Yep. And then rewarding them with more ice time. So, oh yeah, Mikhail was probably the best player on the ice tonight. Right. I agree right? with that, yeah. <laughs> and so they put him on more. And then he gets two goals at the end. Yes. Um, and I, I thought it was... And Engvall as well. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Engvall just about gave me a heart attack, though, on the 4-2. Yeah. The first empty net. What are you doing? Just put it in. Like, don't force the pass. Like, <laughs> so I do wonder whether he actually did that. Because it was very obvious Mikhail had like been one of the best players of the game. I do wonder whether that was a very sort of altruistic, like, here you go, dude. You I guess. This. But if he... It if almost the, looked like that. I know. But if like, he flubs the pass and, and Mikhail ends up shanking it you're just like oh come on two they meters back. away from each other yeah. they're, not, they're not gonna do that I, I, I think that was a you deserve this dude <laughs> like, this is this is for you kind of thing i'm pretty sure about which is nice to see as well because it's sure. a you know, rec- recognition of like hey you can like mckayev on i think it was the first penalty kill where he just like kept it and turned yes in 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 the own zone and then ran up there and then managed to get scored like you're like what are you how do you even keep the puck for that long on a penalty kill it's crazy it's true um but yeah, no. So I'm. It, it's great to see Mikhaev like and and Engvall doing that. I think Bunting and Casher are rusty, yeah. obviously, yep. and that and that's fine because they've both been out for a decent amount of time, especially Casher. Yeah. And so I think it, it, what you're talking about with that line flexibility, being able to like drop them, put them up, see how it works, and then switch other people on it. Yeah, I think it works really well. It seemed at the start of the season, maybe it seemed to be that the players were having a bit of a, not the start of the season even, but like, you know, when, when he started messing around with the Lions, um, it seemed that the players maybe were having trouble to adapt, but they seem to be fine with it right now. Yeah. And um, maybe of having built that comfortability over the course of the season a little bit. Right. Or... You're not necessarily always going to know exactly who you're going to be playing with in your next shift. And if they can get used to that, I mean, it's an amazing tool to have to be able to do that it's not something that i've seen a lot of coaches do but then again i don't play a lot of uh, i don't pay attention to teams <laughs> that that you know with that much focus other than the leafs i'm sure other people do it but i don't one of the things that i uh, that freaked me out i don't know if you were the same way because it, it just it seems so predictable is 
after the Leafs were up three to nothing and they had that chance to make it four, right? Where Matthews gets the breakaway, he gets stopped twice, then Marner rings it off the post. And like mm. 15 seconds later, Kucherov's on a breakaway and you're just like, here it is. Because this is always how it goes, right? Miss at one end, get scored on at the other. And he doesn't score. And you're like, okay, maybe we dodged the bullet there. But then sure mm-hmm. enough, they do end up popping one in, make it 3-1, get a little momentum going. And you're just, okay, like this this isn't going to be the coast job that it was in game one. You're going to have to fight for this one, right? I believe no, that was the first goal. Maybe it was the second. You'll correct me if I'm uh, no, I don't. I don't exactly I, remember, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the thing is, I don't think you're ever going to be able to. Um, the, the first game was an anomaly. I, nobody expected that. I'm sitting there watching this, being like, "What is going on?" <laughs> like, I don't, and 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 thinking any second now, Tampa will do Tampa things. Yeah. And come back, you know. So they did in this game. They tried, and uh, Leafs uh, hung on, got the empty net goals, fine, fine, fine. But I, I think it's going to be like that. Like you, you. And and if the Leafs get through this this series and end up playing, you would think the Panthers next time. Yeah. You can't. Uh, you can be up. What were they up five? Or yeah, exactly. Like we're never going to be able to relax right. in, in a game. Like we're <laughs> never going to be able to relax, even at the beginning of the f- third period, if they're up four or five nothing. You, you, it's not going to happen uh, against the you know Tampa and hopefully the Panthers. Was as it well, like? But, is this um, fun for you? Like I watched that third period. I that wasn't fun. Like, I, I didn't enjoy it. I'm just sitting there hoping to endure it. Like, I don't know why I choose to do this. I feel like I expect it. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I don't, I, I, I think this is, this is maybe why, why my sort of, like, fairly new Leafs fan naivety works out quite well. <laughs> like, I, I like it when they play well. Yeah. And it, obviously playoffs are different, right? But in the regular season, if they play super well and they get pipped by a team that is slightly better, who has also played really, really well, I still count that as I'm like, I'm entertained. Sure. Yes. We're good. Yeah. In the play in the playoffs, it's different, right? Because I'm like, I'm entertained and terrified. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's fun, sort of the same way that going on a terrifying roller coaster is fun. You're like, I might die, but is this feeling fun? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think one um, of the things I did to myself here. I'm now I can't bullshit you. Maybe I can bullshit a couple of listeners here. I can't <laughs> bullshit you. I largely though feel like I I remained fairly even keeled through the regular season. I went mm-hmm, through the mm-hmm. same hell that everyone else did against Montreal last year when you blew that lead and everyone said at the beginning of the season Nothing matters until the playoffs. And that lasted like 35 minutes for most people into game one, which, oh, they blow it up. This t- uh, everything's the best or everything's the worst. I feel like on this show, despite some Twitter occasional breakdowns throughout the year, I feel like on this show through most of the season, I was able to go, yeah, like I wish that game would have gone better. Or yeah, they played pretty good in that one. But I didn't get too up or down. And I've almost forgotten like now that we've arrived back at the time where it matters again like I've forgotten how to how to do this because honestly I just sat there like like you're stressed out at work like my hand on my forehead just like rubbing my temple (laughs) through the entire third period like just please just be over please just be over please just be over is all I could kind of think to myself all right so I uh, (laughs) 
So I, I, I completely get where you're coming from. So I, I feel like this season when they were bad and they did a, you know, Leafs crumble, I call it, where they're just like, <laughs> I can't be bothered. I'm just going to like crumble into a yeah. pile of hockey yeah. player on the ice, whatever. Um, they weren't as bad as they have been previously when they've done that, right? The bottom wasn't quite as as as, as steep as it has no. been. And, you know, there were always folks trying things. The only one that I will not forgive them for <laughs> is the Heritage Classic, which uh, no. I, I went to. Oh. Oh, in, yeah. In, in minus 10 in Hamilton and got seats at the very top of this open air stadium <laughs> in Hamilton. And we had prepared the best we possibly could. So I had so many layers on. It yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. I had those little hand warmer things and the feet warmer things, sure. four pairs of socks like that. I was, I was, you know, I had my, my jersey over my winter coat. Like right. I was prepared <laughs> And nothing prepared me for the misery. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was, plus the tickets were like, oh, 200 bucks each oh, or sure, whatever. Yeah. And it was atmospheric and it was nice, but I don't know what they did that day. They forgot how to play hockey. It was embarrassing. <laughs> um, and, you know, they did this whole thing where they, like, dressed up as, like, people working in steelworks before the yeah. game. I don't know whether you saw that. I did, I yeah. Like, I mean, you weren't loving it, eh? No. Well, I, uh, I, you know, millionaire hockey players yeah, yeah. dressing up as, you know, <laughs> and you're like, well, I, I get what they were getting. And, you know, if anyone wants to know the opinions of the folks who actually work at the Steelworks, that would be far more valuable than mine. <laughs> but anyway, so they, anyway, they dress up like that and then they put in the worst performance of the season. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal. They're into Buffalo, oh. like a rival and they're terrible. And yeah, that was a bad yeah. night for sure. I, I just yeah, I, I felt like all year I, I I really believed it and and even more so as the year went on. This is a better team. Matthews and Marner are better, better than they team. were a year ago. Lilligren mm-hmm. over the course of this season Ooh, has been yeah. terrific. And um yeah, I just I felt like when we got here, I would be ready for this again and I'm I'm just not. And maybe I maybe I never no, will everybody's, be Vicky. <laughs> everybody's hurt. Everybody's too hurt. There's like accumulated decades of hurt. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And I although I understand that, I don't have that experience. Sure. So I, I can't pretend to, you know, I, I'm still upset when they lose and stuff. But yeah. I don't have that several years of trauma accumulating yet. So what did you think <laughs> of the uh, of the lineup changes going into this one? Because in game one, they started both Clifford and Simmons. I don't think either one of us were in love with that idea. And then Clifford goes out, does what he does with like three minutes <sighs> in. It was terrible. Simmons in game two takes two just terrible mm. penalties that you can't have. And going out on the road for game three, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I liked the idea of having four more skill lines because uh, if you put out a fourth line with your two face punchers on it and they, uh, you know, they have last change at home, you know, they're going to keep throwing out Point or Stamkos or Kucherov or whoever at Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. while you have those guys out there. And that's going to be a bad matchup. And I liked the idea of having a more balanced rollout. Um but you do lose something in the physicality department. Uh, what did you think of the way, you know, Spez played tonight? They also took out Liljegren for Hall. What did you think of the lineup changes and those, how those guys played? Yeah, so, I mean, I think you and I have talked about this before. I, I do not like, and I have never liked, the Simmons-Spezza-Clifford line. They no. played that a lot. Yeah. And it, you can't do that. You can't do that. They are 
too slow yep. between them. Yep. Um, it, it, they constantly get caught. They ice the puck, and then they the rival team, whatever it is, puts out their first line against it. Like it's it's a no. I have never liked that <laughs> trio combination. Yeah. However, on the first game, I do I did not oppose them putting them like uh, both uh, Simmons and Clifford there. Right. And at least they gave them Blackwell instead of Spez, who can skate right. a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't think that was a bad idea. And I, I, you know, Clifford got you know sent out, and that's that. It is what it is. Yep. But that for I think it it maybe did what they wanted it to. You know, that was a ridiculously physical game. Yes, People it was. Got punched, or whatever. <laughs> and and to be honest, like you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't mind the wrestling and stuff. I do not like the punches to the head. Like I just feel like I, I understand it's part of the game, but it also is not my, it's not good for your head. You know, I don't want people to get lifelong brain injuries. Because that's of this fair. Game. But anyway, like that, that's just my personal opinion. And I know some people will be like, it's just part of the game, but I, I find it hard to like celebrate that. Yes. Um, but anyway, very physical game. And then everybody else stepped up as well. It wasn't just them you know, that were, was, were carrying the team. Everybody was throwing hits. Riley was punching people in the face. Yes, he was. You know, and I, I think, I think it did what it was meant to, which was make a statement. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be bowled over by you. And there are folks who can, can do this. Yep. Um, second game, keep Simmons on. Wayne Simmons, a very experienced hockey player, cannot do two of those penalties. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, that I, is ridiculous. Like he's, he's, he's been, he's been in the game for so long. You can't get that, that. And then another one. Well, do you know do what I think is happening to him is, He's doing all the same scrums he always used to, but he's slower now. He's always a step behind everybody right. else. So you're like the last one to show up to the scrum and throw a punch or right. a face wash. And the refs are like, get out of here. Like, you can't do that. And he's got a reputation, yeah. right? So yep. he's going to get called for it um, more often than everyone else. So I, I I like Simmons. I like what he brings to the Leafs, but you cannot take those two like two penalties. No. And I, so I, 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 I think dropping him for this game was the right thing to do. Um, the the Spetzer thing, you've got to put Jason Spetzer in at some point. It's just a question of whether you play him with one of Simmons or Clifford, or you do what he did today. And I think that was genius. Um, not I, I was unsure about it to start with, but I think putting Engvall on that fourth line, yeah, was great because you have somebody with speed who's an amazing skater who you know has been throwing a few hits as well. Yeah, he's got some size to him, right? And so and it worked great. And I hope that I actually do hope that they keep that uh, for the next game. Right. I think it, I think it worked really well. And if you're gonna, you need to give uh, Engvall more minutes than that, right? Yes. But if you, as long as you switch him about sometimes and put him on the third and the second, even if you want, sure, uh, that, that that's fine with me for them to keep it. I thought it was great. Um, Lilligren and Hall. So I do not hate Justin Hall as much as everybody else <laughs> seems to. Um, he had real issues earlier on in the season, and they dropped him for a bit. And I think he he came back pretty strongly. He definitely right. had a better second what, half, yes. Right. He is what he is. Um, he's not going to get any better. He's older. I think he's like twenties or something. Um, but I, I don't, I don't get the people who just focus on the mistakes that Justin Hall makes. I, he, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, fine is the about, word. Yeah, Lilligren yeah. is like the, I think this season has been great for Lilligren because nobody was really sure at the start, if you nope. remember, whether he was going to make the least yeah, deep or he definitely is now. Maybe he'll be a bottom pairing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. but he's he's proven himself he's great he's got a heck of a shot um he pinches really well um i don't have any problem putting justin holland to keep him game ready um he's uh, bigger throws himself around a bit more as well um and i you know the chances are somebody's going to get injured at some point so yeah give yeah. justin hall a game and uh, he played he played well yeah I, I think for me i if anyone should have come out 
and I know they weren't going to. But if if anyone should have come out, it should have been Labushkin. And he just hasn't been very good in his own end. And frankly, I thought all night tonight that Labushkin-Riley pairing was terrible in their own end. I know they both actually contributed mm. to the first two goals. Uh, in, uh, in Obviously, Riley scored the first one. Labushkin set up the second one um, in a play that maybe as skilled as anything I've ever seen him do. Um, yeah. But in their own end, I thought they were just awful, to be honest with you, especially in the first half of the game. But he's not coming out, especially once you take out Simmons and Clifford. They like his physicality. They like that he blocks shots. And um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can leave the lease with nobody. No, I, I, big hit. I, I agree with that. So yeah. the question becomes, what, what do you want to do between Hall and Lilligren? Because obviously Brody's not coming out. And um, yeah. I, I don't... I, I really like Liljegren, and I think this year he showed that he might actually have even more than bottom pair in him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. he hasn't been great in this series so far. His underlying numbers aren't very good, um, especially in Game 2, where, to be honest, not everyone on the lease was very good in Game 2. So, But what I would say is the, the plays coming in where he can stand up and break something up with his stick or drive somebody wide, he's still doing that well. But when they get to the net, he can't move them, right? He's been unable to do that. And I wonder if if this was about keeping Hall uh, fresh and bringing him in, or if they saw Lilligren struggling with that and said, you know, especially on uh, on the road, we'd rather have Hall, who is a little bit better at it, a little bit more experienced. I'm not sure if it was about keeping him fresh or if it was about, you know, we're just not loving the way this has played out so far. Um, yeah, for sure. And I also don't, I, I don't know. Um, so when Lilligren makes a mistake, which he has done several yep. times, yep. totally fine. Uh, Sandine does it and yep. did it as well. Um, Riley does it. We just don't talk about you, it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, you know, but I mean specifically with the young D-men, they okay. do something. It concedes a goal. You can see them looking at the replays and going, yes. and I, I just, and it's fine. It's a, it's a way of learning. And I love how they played Lilligren a lot in the last part of the season with Giordano. Right. I think that was amazing. That was terrific, like, yeah. It's an inspired idea. Yes. You know, you put him with probably the, one of the most experienced D-men in the entire game, let alone the Leafs, <laughs> and who, who, you know, is definitely going to be like, go there, do that, whatever. Yes. Beautiful. Um, but I, I do wonder with the younger D-men how quickly they just get over that. You know, how quickly they can go, okay, good, I'm on. On to the next but, one, yeah. You know, um, whereas Justin Hall, again, he is what he is. He's not going to get any better. Right. He, he's he's been a good find. He gets he's a reasonable bargain for the Leafs. Fine. Um, it, it has been a, it has been around the block a lot more, and can probably be like, well, I've let it go. Okay, let's go. Yeah. You know, so I wonder whether there's an element of that as well. Just you know, ability to to move on quickly and yeah, I'll let it get to you. Especially um, with the loud road, you know, road crowd, and you know, yeah. New Tampa was going to come in waves. Maybe he is a little bit more able to uh, to quickly adapt to that for Game Four. What would you do? Are you happy with this lineup the way it was? Would you bring Lilligren back in? Would you bring one of the face punchers back in? Um, or would you just run it back as it is? I think I would do the same thing as they had tonight. Um, I don't... You could put Clifford back on, but I wouldn't drop Spetzer. I think he was great. And I, I think Spetzer brings a lot to the team, having him in as well. I do too. Um, face-offs, he wins face-offs. He's, he definitely makes the second power play better than yes. it was that the second second line power play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like in the, and the first the first line power play is not great at the moment, so you really need your second line power play to be you know better. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I'd keep it the same. Because um, yeah, if you bring Clifford back in, who's coming out? 
right? Like, is it Kasha? Is it Blackwell? See, I don't want Spezza playing in the middle that anymore. I think I want him to Mm -hmm. take the draw, but then I want him to slide back over and and be the winger. And so you still kind of need Blackwell in there. So it's got to be Kasha or Ingvall or Mikheyev or Kerfoot. And like, you're looking at all these names going, no, I'm not doing that, right? So bunting. I I mean... Kasher is Kasher is definitely rusty, as I said, but I don't see what you achieve by taking him out. Right. <laughs> you know, you want to play him in sheltered minutes. Yeah. He shows a bit of, I think he almost got a goal today. Um, yeah. But like, he you know, he's game. definitely looking rustier than he was, and that's totally fine. He's been out a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't achieve anything by dropping him for Clifford. But to be fair, like Clifford especially, I've, I've not minded his game and when they brought him back, uh, was it the last 10 games or some of the last 10 games or yep. whatever it was, obviously, to get folks play already. I think he actually played better than he has done most of the season um and that that five minute uh, sorry the, the game penalty for boarding i mean he does even outside of that though look you're right like he's played okay but he does take a lot of stupid penalties it wasn't just that one he's taken a lot of penalties and right and that would scare me yeah and what did they think was gonna happen like and in game two with simmons as well you really think campus power play is just gonna stay and not right. do anything yeah, like, probably, like yeah. it did in game one like what, what do you guys think you keep giving it opportunities it's gonna it's gonna work so yeah. Um, yeah, I would. I think I would keep it the same. It's also a question of why, why, why change a, a winning lineup. That's sort of where I'm at as well. Like it wasn't perfect, but perfect isn't really an option at this point. So yeah, I, I don't. Would... I don't think you you can tweak your line changes and stuff like what worked in terms of lines and, and maybe switch people up a little bit. Um, they got to get that second line going somehow. Yes. Um, and I don't really know what you're going to do about that. No. Um, yeah. Do you, as far as the series goes up two to one, is this sort of about where you would have expected better, worse? Like, how have you kind of felt as we sit here tonight, you know, has this matched your expectations of what we were going to see out of this series? I had no idea. I really had no idea. (laughs) I, I, um, you know, my fantasy hockey bracket, I think I optimistically put Leafs in six. <laughs> um, did I believe Leafs in six? I don't right. know. Like, it, you know, that's definitely an optimi- optimistic kind of prediction. So um, I guess that fits with what I put. Uh, sure. I mean, if the Leafs can get the next one, then I will be feeling pretty good about them, oh. them going through, I think. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily about the games they played. They haven't the blown a 3-1 lead in almost a year. So no, when I went to three ones, yeah. like, oh, well, three ones in the games as well. Remember when they were blowing three one leads in the games? And yeah. I was saying to my friend, my friend, I was like, three one is cursed, and it, it came up tonight. I was like, absolutely not. No, it can't be again. <laughs> three one. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you can't feel good about that. I don't think anyone was ever expecting them to go three nothing up. That would be a bit ridiculous. So two one, I, I feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, anything else from this game as you watched it that you thought was, uh, you know, noteworthy or that I haven't brought up at this point, either on the good or the bad side? I mean, Jack Campbell's great. Um, he's obviously regained his early season form, which is great because we don't, I mean, Chagrin has done wonders with the fact that he's just been brought in as a unknown, um, and is, is, is a fine backup, but he isn't exactly that. He isn't. He isn't exactly the tandem that they were hoping for with Marzak and Campbell at the no. beginning of the season, which never materialized. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I guess a shout out to Pierre Engvall, who I think is probably the mo- one of the Leafs' most improved players this year. Um, you know, Mikheyev gets all the kind of plaudits, which he should. It's fine, but 
this this dude has really changed uh, everything that he's done for the, for the Leafs, and uh, he got three assists tonight. And I know two of them were on an empty netters, but <laughs> I think he's <laughs> I think he's fast becoming like a really reliable player for them. He's played well for like dozens of games now. Reliably, well, um, at the beginning of each of player. the least hat. <sighs> tongue twisted here. I may have had one or two pints during the game before we started. Totally recording. Fine. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of each of the last two seasons, there was talk he was going to be waived, like to make room under the right. cap to make other guys. And then people get hurt. You're into LTIR. Like there was all these reasons that he just managed to kind of keep clinging on. And then you got like a third of the way into the season. You're like, I, I don't want to scratch that. I don't, let, forget waving him. I don't want him out of the lineup right now. Like it, the yeah, things yeah. he was doing on that third line, the penalty killing he was doing. Um, yeah, like there were people out there way ahead of me in terms of what this guy's potential could be and, and what he was. I didn't see it for a long time, but he has shown it in, in spades this year. So I saw his first ever game uh, for the Leafs. Oh, this was when you were in Arizona, right? It was when I was in Arizona. So it was both both Sheldon Keefe and Pierre Engvall's first game uh, with the Leafs, which I'm sure is a wicked hard trivia question that may come up in some very weird like Leafs pop quiz at some point. Which which Maple Leafs player also shared his debut with Sheldon Keefe as Pierre Engvall? Um, Scored a shorthand goal. And he and he scored on his debut, mm-hmm. and um, I think he he was with the Marlies, right? And he won the Calder Cup the year before. Or I believe so. Before, I think, yeah. So I, I was at the Calder Cup final, and, and he played really well then as well with a load of people like Sandine and uh, various other people who are now in the Leafs. And um, I remember thinking, if they can like if they can get him good, he's so tall and he's such a good skater. Yep. Like, and his you know, and he's improved those other things. He's improved his uh, puck control, his shooting, his forechecking. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just almost kind of really happy to see him become a important part for the Leafs. Yeah, um, no, he's, he's one of those guys. The seventh round pick. Yeah and, <laughs> yeah, and they don't, and they don't have anyone else like him. And he's such a good, like, you know, such a good skater, and you know, holds the puck in the corner. Now he just—they almost like picked the stuff he was bad at and managed to coach him and improve him. And now he's a really good all-around hockey player. So, just wanted to give a shout out to Pierre Engvall because nobody ever talks about Pierre Engvall. I think that's true. I think that's well deserved. And uh, and David Kampf for me is, is yeah, it's just great. like one goal all of last season, and he has two already in this series. Um, I'm not sure. You should put a ton of money on him continuing to score every other game, but for now, no, he's not supposed to score at all. He's right, but for well, now, yeah, we'll yeah, take it. Yeah. Um, and he's been really yeah. impressive. I I feel totally comfortable. You know, defensive zone face off, PK, whatever. When he comes out, I'm mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. all right, the play is just going to die here, and that's fine. Like that's what he's there to do is kill any action from happening. And if he does manage to pot one every now and then, you'll take it. But uh, yeah, knowing that... Yeah, great the, finishes as well, right? Like, yeah, you're yeah. just like, whoa! Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. Yeah. And I wonder, <laughs> you know, what about, uh, you know, Vasilevsky? That he's, he, uh, in my mind, he obviously is still the best goalie in the league and he could still steal yeah. a game or two from you in this series. But the fact that whether you've won or lost in every game, you've put at least three past him, right? That. To, and I know they were going on about that a bit on the broadcast, but just the idea that, okay, he's not creeping into your heads, right? He's not, oh my God, we're never going to beat this guy. Like, even in the game you lost, you pumped three by him and, you know, you just mm-hmm, had a mm-hmm. rough night. And, and so I think that's going to be big as they continue to move forward here. This this idea so far that he hasn't been able to just completely take you out of this. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, when he made that mistake in, game, was it game one? Yeah, yeah. 
I was just like, whoa, this is not normal. Like, this guy is like superhuman. <laughs> he doesn't do this kind of thing. And he did, he did a couple of things tonight, which I can't quite remember, but it made me go, huh. Well, like, the this, this isn't a... remember Marner came in shorthanded, yeah, late in the game, yeah, and you're just like, "What are you doing?" Because he kind of dropped it, and Marner ends up getting two more shots right. on him. You just so this is like basic stuff, right? Yeah. Like you you just knock the puck behind the net, or you knock it out to one of the corners, or whatever. Right. Like you don't take chances there. Yeah. And so, what? Like you have the the best goalie in the game at the moment. Well, I assume he thought Marner was just going to change, him, but, like, but he just kept coming right I, at him. <laughs> I know, but like this is stuff that. I don't know. You, yeah. you, I don't know. Yeah, it, you would expect him to, to do better at. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. And, but then again, with with goalies like this, you know, he, he could come back and you know do a yep. forty five sh- save shutout next game, and you got to be fully aware of that because don't underestimate. Because goalies are voodoo. It's interesting with Tampa, and you know, when we found out that we were um, you know, facing them in the first round, and I was like, I think Tampa are past their peak, but if the peak is like you know, a hundred blocks high. They're yes. like 99 or 98 on the way down. Yes. They're, they are past their peak for sure. Yep. But, but not but they very much. It wasn't a cliff. <laughs> it's a gradual comeback down. Yeah. yeah. Like if they're, if they were a hundred out of a hundred, they're now like 98, right. 99, 97, something like that. They're, a re- they're on a real slow like, down <laughs> and, and they're still pretty much past their peak. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know what we're going to see next time. Um, yeah, it's a very exciting series. I have no idea. Yeah, and I guess that's the that's the fun of it, right? Or it's supposed to be the uh, the stress or uh, or whatever else you want to that goes along with it. Uh, it's yeah. it is entertaining, it is fun, and um, yeah, even if it does mean you spend an hour rubbing your temples as they just try and guide it home. Uh, this is uh, this is fun. I'm glad you were willing to come back and do this. I hope I hope oh, the Leafs keep on going, and and we can get you back in to do a couple more of these if you're uh, if you're into that. Uh, yeah, fingers as, crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> as, as they continue, yeah. And uh, Sunday night, uh, Mother's Day. You know, we'll all do our our Mother's Day thing. We'll do that properly, and then and then we'll all tell our mothers, "I'm so sorry, but I have to go watch the game right now." I'm lucky; my mother will want to watch the game, so uh, that'll be great. And uh, and following that Sunday night game, Maddie Lang will be back, and uh, he will do the next one of these uh, as we continue to uh, to do post game shows for Buds and Bolts, uh, Doctor. Vicky Forster, thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Great talking to you. Uh, how was the beer? We got to wind that up. Was this is uh, everything you hoped it would be on a victory night? On the beer, yeah, yeah. yeah. People kind of do, do really, really, really good beers, and uh, this one's really tasty. And uh, also, just really, really nice people, like super progressive, and you know, don't hesitate to use their social media account to like call out bullshit and stuff. So I appreciate that. Very I love much. that. Yes. Especially, you know, with, with beer the way it is in Ontario at the moment, mm. like, you know, there's a lot of discussion about various things going on. So I'm pretty sure people's point are always on the right side of any kind of uh, position and argument. So. And I will uh, I will tell the good listener, if you're cruising up Highway 7, somewhere between Ottawa and Peterborough, uh, 762 Brewery, right there on the south side of Highway 7 at Highway 62 in Madoc. If you're stopping in there, I mean, that, everybody stops. There's a McDonald's, there's a Tim Hortons. Um, it's like the only place out on that stretch of highway that you're stopping. Anyway, go in, grab six or 12 beers. Uh, they make nice stuff in this one. The Madoc Dark, uh, supposed to be, like I said, it's a cross between a porter and a red. Uh, it leans towards the red flavor, but uh, I'm loving it, so check them out as well. Uh, for Vicky Forster, my name's Matt. We will catch you all on the next one. Woo!